Lord, we just want to thank you for your presence that is here tonight, so tangible in this place. And Lord, we are just excited to be in your presence tonight. And Lord, I just pray that as I speak, Lord, that uh, Lord, hearts would be receptive to hear what I feel is on your heart, Lord. And yeah, we just bless you. Just thank you for all that you're doing in this house. It is so exciting to be a part of uh, transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. Uh, what a blessing it is to be a part of that mandate. So I just want to pray a blessing over each of us here in this place. Uh, in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to be preaching a little bit tonight. I'm not going to be speaking for too long. Um, one, because my laptop's not here. <laughs> um, and two, because I just want to make some space for ministry at the end. Um, and I just said to Joss about two minutes before the service started, can you just prophesy over everyone? And he's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I love that we can do that because we're a Holy Spirit church, so we just kind of love to flow and just see what happens. Um, but tonight, I want to talk a little bit about holiness and a little bit about purity and sanctification. Because here at Harmony, we are so blessed that we have this revelation of grace. We are. Uh, for years, we were cutting, I don't know, we were spearheading this message of grace in the city. Uh, and it's something that for, for many years, the church had lost sight of what grace was all about. And Paul speaks a lot in his letters about grace and how amazing grace is. We know the song, Amazing Grace, right? Um, but for, for hundreds of years, the church lost sight of what is grace. Uh, and I just want to say we're probably at the other end of the spectrum now where sometimes we take, we, we fall into this trap of hyper grace that we can do whatever we want, we can live however we want without fear of consequence. Um, and it's a dangerous trap to fall in because while there is grace, God has called us to a higher standard of living, right? And if you don't know what that is, you can check it out in the Word of God. And so this is, um, God is calling us, each of us, deeper into uh, a deeper relationship with him and, and into purity and sanctification, which is this really cool Christian word that basically means to set something apart for his use. So we have grace, right? Grace is what saved us. Grace is what empowers us to live our best life for Jesus. But sanctification is the work where we are being transformed more and more into his image, more and more into his likeness. And this is the heart and the, the dream, hopefully, for each of us, that we want to look more like Jesus every single day. That's what discipleship journey is all about. We just want to look more and more like Jesus. And the more that we do, the more we reflect his glory to the people around us. How cool is that? That we get to reflect the image of the Most High God to the world around us. What a blessing. And so this journey of purity and of holiness and of sanctification is uh, a journey that we all have to come on. And you would have heard Gideon talk a lot about the secret place, right? <laughs> um, come one week and he'll say secret place 10 times. 
Um, it's like keyword secret place. But uh, last week he, he talked about how the kingdom of God is about proclamation and it's about demonstration. It's about proclaiming and declaring the word of God. But then it's also about demonstrating the goodness of God, demonstrating the love of God, demonstrating the, the kindness of God. It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. And so uh, as I was thinking about the demonstration of the kingdom, I was like, man, the people that I've seen in my life that have demonstrated kingdom best are those that simply just lived out what the word says. It was those that were obedient to the word of God. Even in trying times, you know, we, we've all had those moments and those seasons where it'd be so easy for us to just fall away, to throw the towel in and say, I'm done. But the biggest testimony we have of the, the work that God has done in us, the biggest testimony is our testimony. And... Um, I'm so encouraged by that, and, and I want to encourage all of us. And, and how are we living? How are we presenting our lives and and our bodies and our minds? Are we? And, and Gideon gave the challenge last week. Like, if I was to go in and, and have a look at your bank transactions, if I was to have a look at your text history, your search history, if I was to have a, a, a good look in your mind, would your life be demonstrating the kingdom of God or something else? Because this whole thing that we're living, is, it's all consuming. You're either all in or you're all out. What does the word say? If you're not all in, if you're lukewarm, he's going to spit you out of his mouth. That's a hard scripture. I don't know how to comprehend that scripture, if I'm honest. He doesn't want people to sit on the fence. Instead, he wants the burning ones. He wants you and I to be consumed by him, that he is our focus. He's our everything. And so this journey of, of sanctification, of being set apart for him, being made holy, because the reality is we are righteous already. He's done that. That's the finished work of the cross. We're righteous. But then we walk out our salvation every day, more and more becoming holy like he is. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. How cool. And, uh, you know, when I talk about purity, I think back to the time where I was 16 years old and I lost my virginity to, well, she's now my wife, actually, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> that's God's redemptive power right there. And I wish I had time to tell you the whole story, but it's so good. Um, but I remember this time where I was, uh, I just lost uh, my virginity to Amy and I was in this terrible place where I completely alienated myself from God. Because I didn't want to be close to him. Because I knew, man, I've stuffed up so bad. Man, I've sinned so bad. And so sin and shame and guilt came in to the point where I was like, I don't want to go to church anymore. I don't want to talk to God. I don't want to pray. And so I started to distance myself from God, which a lot of us do when we sin, when we fall short of the glory of God. And I just want to say, you know, conviction, which comes from the Holy Spirit, that's good. We want the conviction of Holy Spirit. But what we don't want is we don't want the shame and the condemnation that comes from the devil, where he comes and he tries to box us in and tell us we're dirty and we're gross and all of that kind of thing. And so I had to go on this journey of, of being able to surrender 
again my life, surrender my emotions, surrender my actions to him. And, well, I mean, it led to me getting married to my beautiful wife, which is pretty cool. But, um, you know, purity is not just about sex, by the way. I think when we, when we talk about purity, sometimes we think, oh, the preachers is going to be talking about premarital sex and not to do it and all of that stuff. And it's true, don't do it. Don't do it. But purity is so much more than just that. It's about the state of our heart. What are we listening to? What are we, uh, I heard from someone the other day, Michaela, sorry. Um, she said that she stopped watching Netflix a few months ago. And I was like, no way, that's corny as. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, man, there's some good shows on there. <laughs> um, but I so respect and admire that because you would rather make space to hear God's voice and to be in his presence than to just fill your life with crap. And I think that's the journey that God wants to take each of us on. It doesn't mean we have to just quit quit Netflix, quit the gym because that's vanity, quit this because of that, you know. <clears throat> but all that to say that, that God is calling us deeper and as the church, we're called to be the city on the hill. We're called to be a light to the world. But so many of us live with a bowl, a bush over our light, where it's like, what good is that? What good is that? I do have my Bible. I remember one scripture that I had. And it's in Psalm 24. And I love this because God actually gave me this scripture and I had no idea what it said. And then I looked it up and it was like, perfect. It says this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein, he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. And then in verse three, it says this, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? It is those he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him and who seek the face of the God of Jacob. I love that line. Yeah, it gets such a mental image every time of this hill. It says, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and stand in his holy place? And if you dig into some of the history of the scripture, this is a psalm from David. And it said that this was a song that was sung by choirs. They would ask this question and then the, the, the choir would respond. Those with clean hands and a pure heart. And this was, they were singing this when they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the, the place called Mount Zion, which is eventually where the temple was built. And so they, they brought the Ark of the Covenant in, and then they sung the song, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? The hill representing the holy place of God. The Ark of the Covenant representing the presence of God, the very presence of the Lord. And so it says, if I was to read it probably in a more literal way, who can go into the presence of God? Who can camp in the Almighty's presence? 
It is those with clean hands and a pure heart. Those with, who make purity a priority in their life. Those who have clean motives. Those who have clean hands, who stay away from sin. It's those people who are sent into the holy place. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the Lord, the God of Jacob. And another scripture I really love is, is in Matthew somewhere, and it's, it's the Beatitudes, Matthew 5. And it says, Blessed are the, the pure of heart, for they shall see the kingdom of God. And so, as Gideon talks a lot about the secret place, I really just want to encourage each of us. Do we set our focus and our attention on him? Or are we too distracted by the things that are going on all around us? And by the way, like, I get it. Life gets real busy. The hustle, that Western culture of hustle and consumerism all it's so easy to get lost in that so easy I'm pretty over asking people hey how are you doing and when they reply to me oh I'm busy I said that's not what I asked I said how are you going they're like oh yeah I'm busy sweet cool bro um <clears throat> yet God is is calling us to make time for him and it's not like find time because it's hard to just find time. It's something we have to be intentional. We have to make time for his presence. For me, I, I love nighttime. That's probably my place with God because morning, well, <laughs> I was going to say because the morning the hustle starts. But then I just, I just said, you know, anyway. <clears throat> but I love that my last moments before I go to sleep are with God. And I tell you what, this is just something I've been practicing recently. I will, when I read the Bible, I pray before bed. I find that my dream life comes alive because the last thing that I think about is God. And, and something Amy and I are trying to do is we'll leave TV for downstairs and we'll leave the bedroom for sex. Um, I just had to chuck that in there. Marriage flex. Nah, um... <clears throat> Ah, duty. Um, but leave that for the, the, the place of sleep and the place for the presence of God. That um, we don't have to come upstairs and, and watch TV. But the last thing that we do is we, we're thinking of God. We're praying to God. And um, I tell you what, that's, that's been a game changer. So um, just as I invite the worship team up, I just want to focus on this question for each of us because I feel like we're never there, right? I read about some of the, the preachers, the, the, the legends of the faith of old, and they would spend like six hours, eight hours on the carpet just hanging out with the Lord. And I'm like, man, how do you ever get there? Well, you just start with five minutes. Start with 10 minutes. Start with put your, putting your phone on do not disturb because that's, that's the hardest thing is being distracted. But a question for all of us is what are the distractions in my life? What are the things that are holding me back 
for really enjoying the presence of God and practicing the presence of God. Next question is, how can I make space for him in my life? Maybe something practical, it might be it might be that you feel God's calling you to give up Netflix for a week or a month or a year. Poor Netflix gets such a hard time from the pulpit, eh? <laughs> but Lord, you are calling each of us deeper into you. Lord, we love your word when it says, who will ascend the mountain? Who will ascend into the presence of the Lord? Lord, I thank you that when you return, your word says you're coming back for a spotless bride. Lord, I pray that that bride, the church, that we would reflect your image, that we would reflect your glory. And Holy Spirit, we make space for you in our lives. And we put aside distractions. And I just want to pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you come and you do what you do best. Come and bring conviction into areas of our life that's not surrendered to you. Maybe areas that we've hidden from you in shame. And if 16-year-old horny Sam can be redeemed, Lord, I know that you can redeem everyone. You are such a holy Lord, such a holy God. And our desire is to be close to you, Lord.